Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Lokia Genge with Nidhi Shukla. Today I'm going to be speaking to Samaya. I am very excited about this conversation because we are talking about mental health. Ooh. <laughs> so as you guys know, we talk about South Asian culture and different um, intersectionalities within that. So mental health is one of those things that I genuinely feel like I could talk about forever. And when you put that with a South Asian experience, queer experience oh my goodness we could talk for hours so i'm gonna have them join okay hello hello <laughs> can you say a little bit about yourself your name where you're from your pronouns what you do on the internet yes uh so my <laughs> name is samaya i use any pronouns uh i'm a musician slash comedian comedian feels like a weird word to use but i guess i try to make funny i think it fits okay um <laughs> on tiktok and instagram um yeah i'm also gay so, <laughs> that's that's the most interesting thing about me before we even start what i noticed uh, while stalking your instagram is that so many people that follow me from my channel also follow you from yours and i'm really excited for this episode specifically oh, to come no out way. because that's we cool. have the most mutual people and i was like i haven't told anybody i'm making this other than the people involved mm -hmm. so people are gonna be like whoa <laughs> it's <laughs> cool colliding. because like i'm sure it's just that like queer daisy people are so starved for representation that like <laughs> exactly. non-famous i don't know if you consider yourself i consider myself i don't famous okay so oh, no. it's like oh my god this not famous person is my media representation <laughs> and then when two people who are both not famous <laughs> interact people are like wow there's two of them <laughs> okay so this whole series is essentially called Lokia Kenge because we're rewiring the things that we were taught were wrong or mm -hmm. things that we were taught not to talk about or whatever. And um, as you guys know, I have little like preliminary meetings with everybody who I have on this show. And you and I got to talking about mental health. And right away, I was like, this is such a good one to talk about because I only feel like I recently, like this year, maybe in the last year, got to actually understanding the importance of mental health. Like it was really, really recent. Mm -hmm. So... Talk to me about your mental health um, journey and how that fits into our South Asian culture and queer culture. So around 13 is when I started to experience some mental health issues. Um, and funny enough, it's also around the age that I started to realize that I'm gay. Um, <laughs> and I think for a long time, part of me was like, that's the reason I'm depressed is because I'm gay. Um, but here I am, happy to be gay, still depressed. So it's not that. Um, so I experience uh, depression, anxiety, and OCD tendencies, but I haven't officially been diagnosed with anything. It's just like different therapists and doctors saying things. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's frustrating because I'm like, I don't want to say I have something I don't, but also like, I don't even know what to do to get that diagnosis because I've yeah. done all the things and they just said, ah, oh, you probably have this. And I was like, okay, how do I know? They're like, doesn't matter. Here's the medication that helps all three. And I'm like, oh, okay. No. <laughs> Primarily like didn't talk about it until around college, I think. Um, but I struggled a lot in high school. Um, and then sophomore year of college, end of sophomore year of college, I finally started taking medication. Um, and that like changed my life. Because, you know, one of the issues I have with how we discuss mental health or how therapists and psychiatrists do is that they're like, it only counts if it's severely impacting your life. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know if this is the only life I know. I don't know. Exactly. And so after I started taking Prozac, I was like, this is how life feels to people. It can be easier. 
And I literally, I called my mom when I started taking it and I was like, something's wrong with me. The medication isn't working. She's like, why? What's wrong? And I was like, I haven't cried in a week. Like it's turned off my emotions. She's like, a week isn't, isn't that long. It's okay that you didn't cry for a week. Um, and so, yeah, since then I've kind of just been a lot more open about it because I, I don't, I, I think like I think of my younger self and I feel bad for them because I struggled without even realizing that it was possible to feel better. Um, mm -hmm sooner firstly depression coming up at the same time that you're finding out your like queer identity i feel like is such a difficult place to be for me it was like six years ago i came out so i was still kind of feeling it it started but i really thought it was seasonal depression and i was like okay so those are two different things i'm dealing with having to come out and also just being depressed you know but then they did start to overlap and that does get very messy and like it becomes a gray area because you're like oh Am I doing this to myself? Like, is this, you know, like, it's a very toxic cycle to be in. What made you realize that those two were not related? Meeting fellow queer people and getting to a point of being truly proud to be queer and um, getting to a point where, like, I, I remember the first time somebody asked me, so if you could make yourself straight, would you? And I used to always say yes. People then, love that question. I know, it's a little weird. It's very weird. <laughs> um, and now I'm kind of the opposite, or like I was talking to my sister, I'm so like on gay TikTok that I like forget about straight people sometimes. Oh my God, me too. And I said to my sister like, no, but you would want to be gay if you could. She's like, no. And I was like, no, everyone wants to be gay. And she's like, I'm perfectly fine being straight. Um, so it's funny how it's like completely flipped for me. But I remember in college, somebody asked me, and that was the, the first time that I said, no, I'm happy to be gay. And then I think it was very validating. I had somebody tell me that they thought I had depression. And to have somebody else say it to you is like, mm -hmm. okay, so they're seeing this too. I'm not just making this up. Yeah, because a lot of the time, like you do think that's just normal. Like before I actually understood what depression looked like and how it manifested in different people. I was like, okay, this is just the average amount of sadness. And my girlfriend had to be like, the average amount of sadness is not this. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, so it does feel like you're normal every day. And you're like, okay, everybody else has it too. And they're just masking it or deal with it differently. Mm -hmm. yep. Specifically when it comes to OCD tendencies, which mm -hmm. like, I mean, I say this with love, but like, I'm so happy we can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, apart from coming out, I think, understanding OCD was one of the most isolating things mm -hmm. because it was it started when I was so young like the, the tendencies start and they just those compulsions and like those intrusive thoughts just become normal mm -hmm. and it I still like to this day have to be like oh my god other people don't have to do this this many times other people don't have to it's crazy it blows my mind mm -hmm. and the whirlwind of trying to get a diagnosis is exhausting how did you, did you talk to your family about your mental health? I did. And how did that go? So the, obviously like in the beginning when we talked about it, it was like a long time ago. And I was like, I think the first time I tried to talk to my parents about it, I was 13. So to them, like, I understand they're like, no, this is your 13. This is what happens when you're 13. Okay. No one's happy with 13, <laughs> which is true. But um, for me, like, again, that was the only life I knew. So I wasn't going to be like, no, everyone else feels different. Cause if that's what, they think mm -hmm. that there's no reason for me to uh, think otherwise. And um, basically it continued and it continued. And then finally I was 20 and I was like, my, my mom was like, aren't you glad you never took medication? Like, cause now you're doing better. And I was like, I'm not, I just don't yeah. tell you because I know that you don't believe me. And she was like, yeah. she, I think realized in that moment, she was like, 
Okay, first of all, it's been years of you telling me this. You're not a teenager, it can't be teenage angst. And what's the worst that could happen if you try taking medication? And like literally in that moment, she like completely flipped. She like tried to help me find someone to um, diagnose, medicate, all that stuff. Um, And the funny thing is that I started experiencing it when I was younger, but I think a lot of people don't realize that just like physical health, mental health is a genetic thing. Yeah. Um, And so it wasn't until I was a little older that my my parents told me that a lot of these things run in my family. And I was like, part of me was like, why didn't you tell me? I thought I was alone. And then part of me was like, no, but obviously like the time they grew up in was 10 times worse when it comes to mental health. Of course, they're not going to know that much and know how to go about things. My parents' journey with my mental health has been, first of all, really amazing. Like I know a lot of Indian parents just just stay where they where they were taught to stay yeah um but my parents have grown so much with mental health and like are advocates for it themselves now i get that vibe i watch your dad on the tiktok (laughs) wow so wholesome you know (laughs) our i guess family tree when it comes to mental health is also all over the place because it's just it's difficult it's one of those things that like nobody is diagnosed so nobody fully knows and everyone's Mm -hmm. just functioning with all this like trauma and stuff that they haven't worked through yeah so it's almost like where do you start and then i find like there's like a sense of not guilt but that like unsettling feeling every time you make a decision for yourself i find Mm. it often opposes what your family wants so in me trying to like get to a better mental state or go through these issues of being like look we're all depressed here we all need to get some help it almost seems like it's like a dishonor or like a you know, Loki, I can't get, you know, like it's really seem, seems like a, like a weakness, which I think sucks because then younger generations will also not talk about it. But I feel like it's like slowly starting that the, the stigma in at least our communities is like releasing itself from just needing help or therapy or whatever it is. Talking about mental health is not associated as much with weakness. So it's great to see that your parents are doing that. Yeah. One of the benefits of being, um, queer is that we already like well we already got the people talking shit there's like might as well talk about all of it so like i mean it's a bad thing but it's a good thing because it's like if i talk about mental health it's like okay well Samaya's already talked about being gay so much what's the big deal about talking about mental health absolutely so true like anytime i want to make any decision i'm like well i already did this (laughs) already i'm already queer like when i started getting tattoos i was like well (laughs) like what's next it almost feels like a like, you can do anything. It makes you feel, like, invincible, really. For you sure. Know? Mm-hmm. I was like, I went through that. You can do this. Yeah. And at <laughs> such a young age. Like, yeah. at the time, I was like, I'm a grown-up. But now I'm like, oh, my God, little baby. Little baby. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so your parents have been supportive. Do you have siblings? And um, did you speak to them about mental health first? So uh, I have a sister. Um, she's older than me, two years older. Uh, and... I guess we, we talked about mental health, but I think I was able to talk to her more about my uh, coming into my trans identity. Because, um, you know, I started questioning when I was 18, but I didn't talk to anyone about it except like a couple few. And she was a couple few, except for a few people. <laughs> um, and she was one of those few people. And I would text her like, I figured it out. I'm this. She's like, great. And then a month later, I'd be like, actually, I figured it out. I'm this. And she was like, okay and I was like scratch that I'm, de- 
And so, like, she would, at no point was she like, okay, I'm done. She was just like, okay, cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, that works. And then eventually she was like, um, should I talk to our parents about it when you're not there? Not say that you are, just bring it up in conversation so that, you know, you can have a smoother coming out this time. Mm -hmm. Um, And the fact that I didn't even say it, the fact that she volunteered to do that for me was just so kind. Um, and so, yeah, she did that for me. And then <laughs> when I ended up coming out to my parents, my mom was just like, wow, shocker. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's nice. Um, so yeah, she's just, she's been, a, she, my sister's biggest strength is communication and ethics, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And those are two things that really help when you're mentally ill. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, I had a very similar situation I think my sister knew I was gay before I knew I was gay which is like annoying in a sense but also kind of comforting because I was like okay now I know that she's okay with it at least you know oh my sister fully was like that too I remember we were at like lunch one time with like other people and I said something and she goes I swear my sister's a lesbian and before I could (laughs) say anything the other person at the table was like don't say that I promise you your sister is not a lesbian and I was like (laughs) yep The sisters get away with it, I find. Like, if anyone yeah, else was out here was, declaring yeah. my sexuality, I would have been like, excuse me, but because of my sister, I was like, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of my process was, like, taken on by her because I was just, I was too scared. Like, I had no idea what was going on. I remember even when I came out to my parents, like, I said it. I was like, I'm dating a girl. And I, I didn't really say any label because I had no idea at that point. It was like, I just know I'm not straight. I'm dating a girl. And then I blacked out. Like, I have no idea what happened after that. I genuinely couldn't tell you. And my sister started speaking. Huh. Said all these things. I, minutes. I was gone for minutes. Like, I don't remember anything afterwards. I was just so nervous. I was crying. And I think having a sibling in that who understands is, like, key. Like, I really huh. don't know how this process would have been without her, you know? Mm-hmm. So, wow. so did you like know you were queer and just want to wait until you were actually dating someone to tell your parents or like what was your process with that? I knew that I was different from my friends throughout all of elementary and high school because mm-hmm. they were like super, bo- I was in a group of friends with 13 girls, wild, you know, um, and I was like, I don't care for the boy stories. I don't care. I don't care. Like, <laughs> I was like, I care for you, but like, I genuinely, and they, they all thought it was so weird that I never brought up crushes, that I never brought up anything. When they would talk about boys, I was like, I just, I feel nothing. And so um, it was very isolating. And I remember that like internal thought for a while being like, this is strange. Like, I genuinely don't associate with this kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was the end of that thought. Like, I really didn't know that any other identity existed. So I was like, okay, it'll come later, I guess. Like I was involved in everything in high school, like everything. So I was like, I'm just too busy to have feelings. And then my girlfriend and I actually knew each other from high school. She's a grade older than me. And if I look back at it now, I know that I had a crush on her then, but I didn't know that. Mm. Um, And then we re-met in in college and I think, I, don't, I mean, it's college, so the liberty that came with it, yeah. I was able to understand that I wasn't too busy. I was just looking at the wrong person, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was very isolating because, like, none of my friends got it, mm-hmm. you know? Like, not only were they all white, but oh. they were also all straight at the time. So I was like... Wait, okay. wait, is it, like, for you? Or it's, like, years later, it's like, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that> was- <laughs> 
we're 13. There has to be someone fruity in here. <laughs> like, there has to be, you know? Okay, let's talk about your coming out experience. Uh, as we've mentioned, I was depressed. Uh, yes. And so I started seeing this therapist. And um, I don't know, one day in the session, she just kind of was like, all right, I've talked about everything I can think of. Is there anything you want to say? And I just like <laughs> stared like blankly for like 30 seconds and then went, I like girls. It's really started crying. Um, and uh, then I went to her for my next session, and I was just like so embarrassed because I was like, it it didn't feel like relief to me. It felt like, ah oh, man, now it's not a secret. Now mm -hmm. this is real. Now like I can't take it back anymore. Yeah. Um. And so I didn't want to see her. So I went to my parents. I was like, I don't want to see her anymore. And like. In hindsight, maybe they shouldn't have responded this way. They're like, okay, but then then tell us what you told her. And I was like, <laughs> and I, in hindsight, I'm like, I could have lied. I could have easily been like, oh, yeah, I, I tried alcohol and I feel so guilty. <laughs> but I, didn't. I was just like, okay, you have to promise not to look at me differently. Mm -hmm. um, and so my mom and my sister were at the table. And my sister goes, can I guess? And I was like, <laughs> and I was like lesbian <laughs> it's like i don't know what i am but i do like girls yeah so it was like my mom was like trying to protect me from the indie community and the southern community and the conservative yeah. school i went to so she was like keep this to yourself until college which i understand um and she told my dad and my dad was like it doesn't matter whether samaya likes boys or girls what matters right now is getting her grades up so that she can get into a good college <laughs> Um, and then my junior year of high school, I told, um, this really good friend of mine and she reacted positively. And then I did the same thing where I avoided her for a week cause I was embarrassed. Right. Um, mm -hmm. but then eventually I started coming up to more friends and I eventually got to the point where I didn't have to avoid them. I was just like, yep, Gross. this is me. Like I hate the, the term when you know, you know, cause it's like, that's so vague, but like, I just got it's to a point though. where I was like, I'm ready to come out. And so I went to my parents and I was like, I know what I want for my birthday. <laughs> like what and I was like I'm gonna come out and they were like no I was like, why not and they're like you only have one more year to college you've come this far why make it harder on yourself which I understand from their perspective is that's what it is but for me they're like for me it's like I've already heard the homophobia just because yeah. they didn't direct it at me doesn't mean it hurt any less well, maybe if it was physical, yeah. But um, <laughs> when people say homophobic shit to me, it doesn't hurt less because I'm like, oh, but they don't know they're talking about me. If anything, it hurts yeah. more because it's like, this is what people are going to think of me. Yeah. Um, and so to me, I was just like, no, like I, I want to do this. And so we like had like so many long hours of conversations. And then finally on the last day of school, I posted on Instagram um, and I made a joke and uh, I got a lot of positive responses from people. And what was funny is that some of the aunties were like calling me mom like, did you know that Samaya posted this? And she was like, yes, Samaya. Do you think I would post something publicly on the internet for everyone to see and just think that it wouldn't get back to my parents? The, the aunties are unreal. They're the real FBI. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was the last day of school. And honestly, to this day, I think that was the best day of my life because that was when I felt the relief. That was when I felt like, <sighs> that was one of the main things that my mom had said too. Like both my parents had pretty different reactions when I came out. And 
it was like a really tense two weeks. Like I lived with them. So it was just really awkward. Like I still had internalized homophobia at the time. So I just felt gross. I just felt awful. You know, like there was just so much embarrassment associated with that. And now like the two people that you seek most validation from were also looking at you kind of weird and you're like, ugh, you know? Um, but my mom's main questions once she was able to formulate the words were, she doesn't want people being mean to me. And I was like, okay, if that's your concern, I'm so glad we're talking about it. Cause I was like, I literally don't care. Like I don't care. I was like, I know something switched that, like if I was to sit here and worry about every auntie's opinion, I would never be happy, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, and it, 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 it's been a long process of getting to a point of loving myself that I really couldn't care less for everybody else's opinion. So I get it as like a mom, it, it's hard for them to be like, oh my God, homophobic stuff. But it's like, you have no idea. I've already heard it all. Yeah. You know, I really have. I don't, I don't tell you because you'll cry, but like, <laughs> you've already heard it. You mentioned there was a state of like embarrassment for you after you would tell people. Mm-hmm. Do you think you had internalized homophobia at that point? Like, what was that embarrassment? Oh, I 1000 presented. It's also part of the reason that I continued to present femme for so long. I was like, okay, fine. If I'm gonna like girls, I'm gonna blend in and do it. Um, but I was just uncomfortable, you know? So I think a lot of it, it was a combination of caring way too much about what other people were gonna think of me. Um, Mm -hmm. and internalized homophobia and internalized transphobia on top of that. Which is funny because now that I've started presenting masks, I get more compliments on how I look. (laughs) So I'm like, I don't know if people can just tell I'm more confident or like what it is, but it's certainly I think it's probably a confidence thing. Makes sense. I feel like the more you get into like getting closer to like who you actually are at your core, you'll find your tribe of people who understand. Mm -hmm. I had a very hard time with the label lesbian too. Like I still to this point don't know if that's that's the, the la- I don't know I don't I don't really understand the label you know but I think the the difficult part at the beginning of when I came out everybody needed a label except mm. me like everybody needed to understand what was going on and I was like I don't know like <laughs> I barely I barely understand myself you know um, and I think half the issue with the word lesbian was that it felt really like male oriented like it felt like mm. it was you know like the 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 culture around that word in my head had become very male dominated. It was mm-hmm. very like very much for the male gaze. Yeah. You know? And it's so like, kinda like people are like, but you're too pretty to be a lesbian. You could get oh. a guy. And it's like what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, all of the questions that followed after I would say I was lesbian were often associated with males. And I was like, that is so not the point. And it really shows where that word is rooted for a lot of people. Mm. So I started switching it up to gay. And then I was like, at this point, I don't know anymore. I just say queer because who knows, you know? Yeah. And for <laughs> what me, are genders? Like, I don't know. For me, it's like, I know that uh, lesbian doesn't automatically mean woman. There are a ton of non-binary lesbians. But mm-hmm. for me, when I hear lesbian, I'm like, does that mean I'm a woman? I don't yeah, know exactly. I'm a woman. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's just something about the labels. I feel like they're almost made more for other people mm-hmm. to be able to understand. And once again, put you in like some kind of category. Yeah. And they can be empowering, but... They're not, yeah. they don't like that. They serve multiple purposes. And if the yeah. main purpose it's serving for you is for other people to understand you and you don't even feel comfortable with it, then there's no need. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I want to talk a bit more about mental health and if you feel like your experience was different because of your descent. I mean, cause first of all, like when I would talk to white people about it, they'd be like, Oh, just see a therapist. And I'm like, it's not that simple. Like my parents yeah. have to approve. Um, <laughs> to approve of my illness. And then like, I would be like, 
19 and going to the doctor, they're like, have you thought about taking Prozac? I'm like, oh, my parents aren't really a fan of like medication if it's not necessary. And they're like, you're 19. And I was like, but I'm Indian also. <laughs> um, and so I think there's a lot more, there are pros and cons to the lack, I guess, of independence in the South Asian community that we're very mm-hmm. community oriented, which I think is a good thing in a lot of cases. But in certain right. cases, it's like, why do I need to ask my parents at 19 if it's okay for me to take a medication? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think that it's also that finding a therapist who understands that is also yeah. another difficult thing. Because they're very, either they're going to be like just not recognizing it, or they're going to be so fearful of saying the wrong thing as a white person that they just don't help at all. So many of my white friends are like, why do you need to ask your mom about this? And I'm like, what? Because I want to see tomorrow, like, where do I live? You know, like, what, what do you mean? It's not um, just that, but also I value my mom's opinion a lot. Exactly. Um, it's not just, Every like, I, I have to. It's like, no, I love my mom. I want mm-hmm. her to be on board with everything I do. Yeah. Just the other day I was talking to one of my coworkers um, who's white, and I was like, oh, like, I'd like to get another tattoo, but I'm going to, like, show the design to my mom and see what she thinks, whatever. And she was like, you have seven already. Like, why are you showing this to your mom? And I was like, because she's my friend. Like, I want... <laughs> I want her to see it. I want her to like it, you know? (laughs) I don't know if I had any other questions. Am I forgetting anything? So that's the end of another episode of Nokia Genge. This was such a good conversation. I absolutely loved the topic of conversation today. I think these are very important things to talk about. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you so very much for watching another episode of Nokia Genge with Nidhi Shukla. I'll see you guys next time. Bye! (laughs)